Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. So again, thank you all for being here tonight. The format for this evening is I'm going to talk for a little bit. And then once we get through that part, then we'll be able to open up the, the Zoom for questions and and ideas and sharing. So I hope they'll be able to share some of your ideas about tonight's topic, which is grounded. If you want to along the way, please post in the chat uh, and share your thoughts and comments and questions. And that may help us get started when we get to that part. Now, background on this, we are doing the 12 Conditions of a Miracle. It's a book by Todd Michael. And he took the feeding of the 5,000 the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and looked at it and broke it into 12 conditions that he saw through the passages of that, of that miracle that are conditions that he calls conditions of a miracle. Tonight we're up to number six and it's called grounded. And the thing I, one thing I love about this book is that he went back to the original Greek of, of this new, of the new Testament and looked at all the ways the words in the Greek language and then through the Roman language and then up up into our language of the day, all the ways that those words could be interpreted. And nothing else, looking at the book and reading those possibilities, it shifted me around as like, there's more here than meets the eye, certainly from just reading in, in in current English. So I encourage you, if you have a chance, to look at those interpretations as part of the, your journey with, with the conditions and to see what other ideas come from just the context that, that might the words might con- convey to you and how you might see them. Now, what I know about grounded, it, it's one of those words that if I say grounded, let's see, there's what, 10 people, 12 people online right now. There are 12 different answers about what grounded is. Everybody has an idea about Grounded, and we toss it around like popcorn, free popcorn in a movie. Um, And so that means that each of us has our own duty to understand what Grounded means for us, for your, in your heart. I played with it, and, you know, it's ground, grounded, and grounding, and it was kind of fun. Uh, And in in the book, he he doesn't do quite this, but I thought it was fun. When I look at the word ground, couple of definitions come to mind. One, it's the earth, the ground and the earth. And very often that's associated with when we talk about it in spirituality as, as ground and getting connected with the earth. The other definition I like for ground, it's the place where it happens. You ever heard the word that their business was a ground for new ideas and new creations? So that's two ways of looking at the word ground. For me, grounding is a process. And there's the how that we're going to talk about, how we go from an ungrounded to a grounded state of being, which is grounded. For me, it's a state of being. Now, don't forget the other definition of grounded is that's what you got when you screwed up and your, and your mom and dad put you in your room. You were grounded. So good news, I don't think, you know, I think we can create that for ourselves sometimes and, you know, kind of mess up and get grounded in some way. So ground and grounded and grounding, they're, they're beautiful words. They're beautiful meanings available. 
I encourage you to play with them and pick out the one and come up with the one that really speaks to you. It's, it's, and for me, the best way I know to talk about grounded for me is that when I'm grounded, I feel like I'm really awake and aware and at choice. And I know that's a platitude, but there is truth in the platitude for me because my body, my mind, my spirit, my emotions are in a flow of that's they're working together. And I really feel like there's a, I've got a place where I'm in self-respect, self-love and self-care when I'm grounded. And I'm just in a, in a space that I can just be more uh, of who I am. Now, and for me, grounded has got to apply to every area of life or it really doesn't matter. I'm big on practical spiritual applications. So if, it, if I can't make it work in all of my life, I'm really not interested. And grounded, I know works in every area of my life, from business to church, to meetings, to family, to the freeway. All of those are places where grounded makes a difference. And so tonight, I want to start, just go back a little bit to the, to the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and pick out and play with some of the ideas about grounded. Now, in the beginning of the chapter, the verse uh, in Matthew that he's using, basically, Jesus has had a really bad day. He has gotten some really bad news. John the Baptist was murdered. He's had a, been a day of, he's been out with crowds of people. And what Jesus did was he knew that he had to do self-care. And so he withdrew from the crowds and from his disciples and everyone and went off into the hills. What he did, we believe, and, and I'm pretty sure if I was him, I would have gone off to, to, to just process the day, to try and get back in touch with who I am and, and to go into prayer and to center myself with all that had happened and all that I just learned to just grant, to become still enough to be able to get back in touch with God and, and begin to process and understand what's happened. He's taking care of himself. Every time you read that he went off to the hills, he's doing self-care. Now, the good news and the bad news for us is that the crowd followed Jesus off to where he went. And yeah, that's at a time when that's what his ministry was all about. And they followed him to where he was. And what Jesus was at that point was he was still, he was grounded enough to be able to see that crowd coming towards him and be able to go with compassion and meet that crowd. He had built up his spiritual muscle of grounded so that he could get there a little quicker and able to receive that crowd of people with compassion, and then continue his work of healing and teaching for that afternoon and through that day. So that actually it got around to being about dinner time. Now picture yourself at a conference or a convention or someplace with a lot of folks where it's dinner time. The energy changes at a conference when it gets to be mealtime, if you've ever been to one. I mean, people start getting antsy. It's, you know, you know getting ready for the, where's the food? There's all this stuff that happens in, in just human nature when it gets to be dinner time. And so you have uh, people around Jesus 
that are thinking it's getting close to time to eat. What are we going to do? And this wasn't a catered banquet meeting. This was people out on the side of a hill that had come out to, to be with Jesus and to be healed and to learn and to be in that, in that community. And so this book is talking about the things that Jesus did and along the way. And so at this point, we're at condition number six. Jesus does something that sounds very simple, but is really, really powerful. And I'll come back to that. Simple and powerful go together really, really well. So I can, I'll come back to that. So what does Jesus do around dinner time when everyone around him is kind of losing it? He basically asks everyone there to have a seat on the ground. The translation is recline on the grass. And think about that for a second. Now, in first century, around the time of his life, sitting on the ground was just normal. It wasn't like now where somebody said, have a seat on the ground, you'd be looking around for, I'm not so sure, and where's a chair and a whole bunch of other things. But that was just normal. Nothing special. Except that, remember the, one of the definitions for ground is earth? And so Jesus is asking the people to have a seat on the earth, Mother Earth. And a couple of things happened. And this, again, since I'm talking tonight, I get to make up this part. Sitting down on the ground, like any time that the, whoever's up in the front at a program asks us to have a seat, or like in a Sunday service, we come in and we start the program and we get asked to have a seat. We change. Our, our, our mind settles a bit. Because up until now, the people have been worried about how they were going to get fed. And now the guy in charge has asked them to have a seat on Mother Earth. And for me, when someone asks me to do something like that, the shift inside of me is to say, okay, somebody knows what's happening and there's going to be information come. And I settle down. Asking the crowd to sit on the ground shifts them from fear and worry to expectation. What's the master? What's the teacher? What is Jesus going to have to say next? What's going to happen? And for me, that's that shift from fear to expectations. It's part of the expectation or the conditions of a miracle to move out of fear and into expectation and engage the crowd in the flow of creating the miracle. It allowed the uh, from the first chapter of uh, in the beginning to create a vacuum, to create an openness. The crowd goes from fear to open to receive. So that simple act of getting in touch with Mother Earth shifted the whole crowd and engaged them. Now, what about that kind of engagement? When I want to apply that to, to real life, Think about, like, how did we start tonight? What did I ask you to do? Three breaths. And I did an opening prayer. 
it's a group application of the idea of grounding and bringing us all into a consciousness or a collective consciousness together. Not very complicated, actually very simple. And that simpleness, again, lets it be powerful in creating a consciousness that can go beyond where we are individually and to create where we are now. I'd also like to share just how I do grounding or and get myself grounded. I do the conscious three breaths a lot. And what I love about them is they're simple. You can do them anywhere in the middle of a crowded airport gate waiting for a plane that's late. It's easy to do three breaths. And it's what I found, and I'll, I'll share this, when I'm at an airport gate in Grand Rapids, Michigan, need to be in Chicago, so I get my flight home to Seattle. And the plane is not here yet. And we're past time for it to arrive. And we're getting close to the time where it's, you know, getting to the point where it's supposed to have already departed. And then getting close to the time it's supposed to have arrived in Chicago. And I'm watching all these people getting wound up and I'm over standing to the side doing deep breathing. And I noticed the difference in the experience that I was having. I was in, I was grounded. I was in a place of God's going to have this figured out. We all need to get to the same place and we're probably all going somewhere else. I can't drive the plane. God's got to handle it. And so I'm just in this space where I'm more open and receptive to whatever God's plan is because I want to get home. And it was amazing. That plane was late arriving. It was late leaving. I walked off that plane in Chicago, hurriedly walked to my next gate, walked onto the plane and was getting near the end of the boarding process, got my seat and kept on going. There's a whole bunch of people that had that, you know, made that same journey that had a whole different experience. They were wound up, probably ran to their gate, all that kind of stuff. And what I know with being grounded through the process is my experience of that trip home was much different. And that works in any place to be able to be grounded, to be able to, maybe that was a miracle. But to be able to be grounded in the midst of the what everybody else is going on is a powerful thing that you can be and do. And three conscious breaths can get you to that place. Next, I'd like to share another one I do. And this one I don't necessarily do in front, but it's to take a stand as a way to ground. And I'm going to, I'll stand up and I'll get off the camera, but I will actually take a couple of stomps or if I'm sitting, I'll stomp my feet and really get to where I'm aware of my feet on the ground. And, to be, and, and even that may be just enough. But from there, with my feet on the ground, I will say this is my space, my connection to God. God is my source. God is my ground. Let me say it to myself. I might say it out loud, depending on where I am. But what that does for me is, again, brings me into a present moment. And if I'm really feeling challenged, I may say God is my protection. 
but it's a simple thing I can do that helps me come into a present moment and allow me to be in that stillness of a consciousness that is in connection with and flowing with my source. So really to, to wrap this part up, it's for me, Jesus gave us two choices, gave us two ideas for grounded. If you need to withdraw from what's going on and find you a quiet place and a quiet space to simply be still and be and know God. Another is to connect with earth. Go for a walk. Go hug a tree. Kathy Ann talked about hugging trees this morning. Go hug a tree, but somehow or another find nature and get in touch with it. I go in front of the federal courthouse downtown. There's a bunch of trees in their plaza. I often will walk over there and just walk amongst the trees. Even in the middle of downtown Seattle with whatever's going on, I can find that grounding spot. Conscious breath, three conscious breaths will get you into a different state of mind and reference or take a stand. I like simple because simple is repeatable. I will do that. If it's some kind of really complicated process to get grounded, I might do that at a retreat, but I'm not going to do that day to day. So simple, repeatable is a powerful process or a powerful way to find your ground, to become grounded in, in the face of whatever is going on. So Sherry, that's my, if you would stop the recording, that's the, the gist of my talk.